0: Today, I am here to give you the assurance that I have not forgotten you. If we want to see the new evangelization become more than just jargon, if we want to see it grow legs and gain traction and change the world, we have got to take seriously our responsibilities as husbands and fathers and especially as sons of God.
1: I want to propose to you then that something that our world is desperately in need of in the midst of this crisis is Catholic Christian
0: masculinity.
1: If you want to be a good father, then bring your children to confession with you.
0: I can't get there unless I become a man of ascesis, a man of asceticism, a man of training.
1: A man not doing penance, a man not disciplined. is not a man. You guys have up your game. You know what guys, I got to say I I love this the concept of the man show.
0: Warning. The Catholic man show is about to begin. <laughs> Welcome to the Catholic Man Show. We are on the Lord's team the winning side. So raise your glass. I'm Adam Minahan here sitting with David Niles one on the buttons. We have Jim by the door making sure no one's going to break in. I'm you just
1: try to break in here. See what happens. See what
0: happens. You yeah. just
1: see what happens.
0: Don't even don't even don't even attempt it.
1: Uh no. Do it. Do it and just see. Attempt it. Just You just see what happens
0: I do want to give a shout out to uh, any new listeners That we may have With a, a new radio program That we're on in Texas In Seymour, Texas mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, We're maybe picking up some new listeners So if this is your first time listening To the Catholic Man Show, welcome This is a radio show and podcast You can find it on your favorite podcast And
1: YouTube sensation And
0: YouTube, yeah <laughs> I guess And uh, you can also uh, find it on all your YouTube favorite YouTube platforms or your our, favorite. Our favorite your I'm sorry, favorite <laughs> podcast platforms. That's what uh, i was trying on to all say, of your favorite and YouTube and platforms, then you in the YouTube. such
1: as YouTube.com. <laughs> it's my favorite YouTube yeah, platform,
0: right? Uh, so, anyway, welcome to the show. There's three things we do every episode: we open review and enjoy a man beverage, we highlight a man gear, and then we have a manly discussion. Tonight's discussion is going to be about. Oh, am I already boring you? No, I'm just very tired. Oh, okay. It's okay. I'm just struggling. Okay. <laughs> uh, uh, I rode the struggle bus over here. So, okay. Yeah. So it's fine. Okay. This will be interesting then. No, the uh, the topic today is going to be purifying the memory, purifying the mind, purifying the memory. And I'm really excited about the topic. I think it'll be helpful for me personally. Me because too. Because it's going to I be something, that, uh, something that, that I have struggled with in the past. And anytime I get a chance to talk to you, Dave, about it, and uh, have Juan's input, and you guys get to hear it, then we we can kind of work through it sometime. So I'm really excited about it. That'll be the third thing that we do on the episode. But tonight, yes. uh, well, let's break up with the whiskey. Maybe that'll wake you up a little bit. Yeah, no, I think it will. Um, tonight we're having the John Walker and Sons Celebratory Blend. It is the Johnny Walker 200-year anniversary of their... Distillery, and so they they launched four different basically whiskeys for their celebratory 200 year. Three of which have made it to the states to sell. This is one of them. This is the lowest end price wise of the three that are here. They have a so a, what are, what are we talking? A 75, I think, 70, about 75 bucks. It's 51 percent. 75. It's pretty strong. They mm-hmm. haven't. They have, an, they have uh, another one that's a blue. It's a Johnny Walker Blue Label variation yeah and they have another they have another one as well so i'm excited about this to try it uh you know we had that 18 year recently which was uh-huh. which was very good yeah uh so they're they're celebrating the 200 year john walker what what he did was to get it, these blended whiskeys what uh, i'm gonna pour you you can pour while i'm while okay. i'm talking here okay so his dad john walker's dad died he's so john walker as a businessman he sold the, f- the family farm and opened up a grocery store and in this grocery store, uh, throughout Scotland, a lot of times they'd have these single malts, but they were, they were not bonded yet, so they were very inconsistent. Which right? Means
1: they're not five years old.
0: No, no, no. It means that they're not guaranteed. Yeah, I mean that's well, that's well, one of the uh, reasons. In yeah. order to be a bonded
1: whiskey, you yeah, have to be. Fi- There's another thing too, but you have to be at least five years old. Yes,
0: uh, I think I think that's correct. Anyway, uh, there the consist- consistency wasn't there, right? And so what Johnny Walker would John Walker would do. At his uh, grocery stores, he would blend these scotches together and bottle them up himself. And so that way, it was always guaranteed. It may not be the best scotch at that time, you know, but it was going to be more consistent. It was very consistent. When you walked in there to this grocery store and bought a bottle of scotch, you knew what you were getting.
1: Well, then that's back in the day when you could just do that: take somebody else's product and just kind of make it, you know, put it together with another person of somebody else's product Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. just sell it as your own product.
0: I mean, we kind of do that today too.
1: There's no, a lot of people. You, that you do definitely that. cannot do that with liquor, and
0: then well, not liquor, but other products. We do, yeah. But uh, and then his what his son did was uh, after it was passed down, his son took it and w- when the industrial revolution was was big and the railroads were going through, he made the first like commercial batch of of scotch And there's, uh old high old Highland Road, I believe, is what it was called. It's probably on here. Old old Highland whiskey. And uh, this is a commemoration of, of the, their first commercial blend that they made. So, one nice. are the Lord's team.
1: The winning side. So, raise your glass. Cheers and, to Jesus. And cheers.
0: What did, what, <clears throat> you already smelt it a little bit. What did, did you... I don't get a whole lot on the nose. Okay, the nose. Here's the official taste notes from Johnny Walker. The nose. On the nose, this whiskey has sweet dried raisins, a subtle spice, and marz, marzipan.
1: Marzipan, I know that's a thing. I don't know what it is, but mm-hmm. I I know, yes, that is a thing. That is a thing.
0: On a on the palate, it says the palate develops hints of roasted nuts, icing sugar sweetness, and a gentle peat. And then the finish is of soft pepper. That's so you're talking on the palate. Did you move to the palate?
1: Is yes. that what you're saying? Yeah, okay. I,
0: had the, I had the palate. The the palate was hints of roasted nuts, icing sugar sweetness, and gentle peat. Yeah. And then the finish yeah. is a soft pepper. It is a nice. it's some nice peat there. Honestly, I, I like
1: it. I think it's very good. And for $75, I think that that is a good... This is fairly priced at $75. What do you think? Hmm.
0: That is really weird, though, that you get that iced sugar, like icing sugar. Yeah, it is definitely
1: there. But it's not sweet. No, but you can just... T- like... It's weird that the icing is there without without it being a sweet overtly flavor. Overtly
0: sweet. Well, I li- it's
1: like it tastes like icing, but it doesn't taste sweet.
0: Right. I, I like, I'm a sucker for, like, good presentation with whiskeys. You know, w- when we bring out a whiskey with... You them, know,
1: they count on that.
0: I know, but yeah. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with it because, you know, when you bring out a, a whiskey with other other men, you're having a leisurely time you or celebratory time. Uh, you know, you make it a, a thing. You make it a an ordeal. You know, and so I like to be able to incorporate the no. Glencairn like glasses. Like when women get
1: together, they say, I'm going to go get the baby. I'm going to go get it. You know, they make a big deal. Like the baby's sleeping. I'm going to go get the baby. And yeah. then the men, they're like, hey. I'm going to go get the whiskey. I'm going to bring out the scotch. That, that is a terrible thing. I'm going to get it. But I'm going to get it. It's over there. I'm going to bring it out.
0: But I like the box. It's like a trifold block but blo- yeah, box it's a cool box has a nice has a nice feel to it but that box would burn well they also do you know why they have a the the bottle is squared no you know most bottles if you look they're behind round. us they're all round yeah they made them square because to help prevent uh, breaking when they're, they're packed up in, in ships when they were distributing around the world nice so they found out you know if they were squared, they're squared they they will have less chance of the bottles breaking Mm-hmm. And then, for marketing purposes, they put that their label twenty percent at the time. It may be a little bit more now, but twenty percent at an angle to stand out even more. So, if you're going in there, you see a, a a squared bottle that's already at the time something different, and then the label at a angle. It's like, oh well, that that must be a Johnny Walker bottle. Yeah, uh, because that was the only that was the only uh, Scotch that was doing that at the time.
1: I didn't realize Diego owned Johnny. Wa- the Johnny Walker label.
0: Yes, I believe that's right. Diego is, is a
1: huge company. In fact, a lot of people, there, might, there are probably a lot of listeners who own Diego stock and they might not realize you own a little piece of Johnny Walker. Hmm. That's kind of nice.
0: Juan, what do you think? Do you like the whiskey? Oh, yeah. I I, 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 really I enjoy I do. it. I really I'm enjoy a, it. I'm a big fan. For a Pete beginner,
1: it's a really good
0: because it's just... Yeah, because yeah. for a Pete, yeah, for somebody who's just stepping into the Pete game... Like Jim, you don't like pe- a whole lot of peat, but this doesn't have a whole lot of peat in it, right? It's good. It's good. Yeah, I mean, it's it's very subtle. It's not going to be a. It's a little salty though. Still, you know,
1: like it kind of reminds me a little bit of an Isla of an Isla Scotch.
0: Yeah. It's very unique. I like the uniqueness uh-huh. to the to I the too. to uh, they did. I was a little hesitant. I, I I bought it because um it was it's a limited re- edition. They, they only made it. I don't know how many, but they only yeah. made it so, so many of them. And so I was like, well, I'll go ahead and try it. But I was a little s- uh, skeptical thinking it's probably going to be, you know, just kind of like their double black or something like that label. And when that happens, you know, you're, you're kind of let down with the celebratory. Because you know, to me, it's like that's kind of a marketing ploy, right? It's, yeah. it's like, oh, well, it's 200 years. Let's just slap on a, a new Let's label. let the
1: same thing we've had and, and repackage it. Right.
0: yeah. But – it's very it's very unique compared to the double black or the green. The yeah, I'm a big fan of the green. I like the green. I do like the green label. Saint Stephen Houle is the one who turned us onto the green label. Yeah, well, and um,
1: I haven't been in there in a while, but uh, Park Hill South, there for a while, they were selling it for thirty six bucks. hmm. And I think it's like a seventy dollar bottle. I mean, I don't, I don't remember. Other places. I I don't remember how much it cost. I just remember that. The, it was right next to the black Which is a cheaper, typically cheaper The black was $40 And the green was $36 right. So I was buying them two bottles at a time
0: Yeah, it was very good So anyway, uh, if you have a chance to go buy John Walker and Son's Celebratory Blend Blended Scotch it's good whiskey one. Yep. It's a good one I'd, I would recommend it So when we get back, we're going to jump into the man gear And then into the man topic We're on the Lord's team The winning side So raise your glass Cheers to Jesus This segment of The Catholic Man Show is brought to you by The Catholic Woodworker. Go to thecatholicwoodworker.com for heirloom quality home, altars, crucifixes, and rosaries. It's also the only place where you can get the official rosary of The Catholic Man Show. Type in promo code
1: TCMS for 10% off all purchases. TCMS for The Catholic Man Show. Catholicwoodworker.com Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles, here with Adam Minahan, Juan Posada, and Jim Spencer. This is the Man Gear, man gear epi- uh, segment of the show. And I'm a big fan
0: of the Man Gear today. I am too, because listen, the weather is changing, it's getting cooler outside, and that means one thing for me. It means it is deer season is approaching quickly. Yeah. And I was able to review my deer cams this weekend and I am pumped. There's at least deer there, so I'm really excited. And one of the things to prepare for deer season is to make sure that you have a knife that is sharp.
1: Yeah. Because if you catch if you if you if you get a deer if you catch a deer is that what they say in the biz? I don't think so. If you kilt yourself a deer, you're going to need a knife mm-hmm. that is prepared, that's up to the task. Okay, so the man gear for today is this knife sharpening kit that I that I have. What I have here is a Lansky. Let's see if there's the, an official. Oh, watch out. Watch out. I'm just throwing stuff around. Uh, this is a Lansky knife sharpening kit. Lansky is the brand. Lansky has been making knife sharpening stuff for a long time. It's a very old company, um, and if you're on the YouTube, I'll show you what's going on here. Okay, so um, basically, it's a help me help me describe this Adam because it's kind of hard to, to describe. It's a like a, a little bitty vise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's two, there's two pieces of metal that are screwed together that clamps down onto the knife that hold the hold the knife in place, and then behind it are holes slots. like these slots that represent different degrees of sharpness, okay? And so um, what we have as part of the kit are these knife sharpening stones that uh, you attach a rod to and they go into those slots. And so when you sharpen the knife, you just go back and forth with that rod in the slot the whole time. So you're always sharpening at exactly the same angle. Even when you switch between the different stones, you just are always coming back to that same angle. So, uh, a stone, you know, like the Japanese invented the sharp knife, okay? And almost exactly a year ago, I realized that I had never used a sharp knife in my life. At the pig slaughtering event,
0: Mm. Mm
1: -hmm. um, Brandon Sheared. Was there, and he, uh, he, you know, he's on the. Ep- he did some episodes He'll with be us. on
0: our ep- on an episode in November. Yes, with us. I,
1: I don't think I'm going to be there at at the one that's coming up. That's oh. that's Mary's birthday. Oh, November seventh. Oh, and so it's like, I okay. really want to go. Right. <laughs> okay, <laughs> but, but as a dad,
0: it's like, but it's my daughter's birthday, so it's the same thing. Like opening deer season, my wife scheduled family pictures on the opening day. Oh no, that's something that can be rescheduled. Well, I can't reschedule my daughter's I, I birthday. I really wanted to, but it, it means a lot to Haley. She can't like. They can be res- It can be rescheduled. Well, she didn't well, even check with you. We are. Uh, we are. We are doing. We were doing family pictures. So. So anyway, he showed up with these, just knives.
1: I mean, they were they weren't like anything like sweet. They just were like kind of old, thin mm-hmm. knives, mm-hmm. but. They would, it was like butter. When you cut something with it, I, it was at that moment I realized, this is the first time I've ever used a truly sharp knife. And so I talked to him about it, and he, he uses the Japanese whetstone method. Mm-hmm. You know, that's like, it's like thousands of years old, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, and if you want to get a knife that is the sharpest it can ever be, that's probably the best way to do it. Um, but it takes, you know, hours hours. Uh, you know, th- maybe a thousand hours of practice before you can ever do it. Because if you're doing a, a, a on a stone by mm-hmm. hand, you have to the what, what you have to be good at is maintaining the exact same angle the whole time. Consistent, B- right? Exactly. Because as you're moving that that knife across the stone, if you oh have just one moment where you lift the knife too much and you <laughs> dig the blade into the stone, you have just ruined. Right, everything that you've been working to achieve, right? So that's what I like about this knife sharpening kit is because it has these slots that ensure you're always bringing that stone across the blade at mm-hmm. the same angle all the time. You know that you are achieving sharpness as you uh, progress from the, the on the different stones, the high the high grit stones down to the very fine. Um, even ceramic ceramic stone at the very end yeah so Lansky and there's other companies there's other brands that are essentially the same Um, I don't know about the other ones I know I really like this one the one I have here is the five stone model you can see there's black red green blue and yellow stones that all represent different levels of grit grit Um, honestly I don't think you need five I, I don't know if they have like a four or a three, but I think if they did, you're not, I think that would be just fine. Um, because when you do all five and because there are five, I feel the necessity to, to use, use all well. five. Right. Like I don't, I don't feel like I can skip one because mm-hmm. it's there. Right. You're supposed to it's go. Supposed to, it's there for a reason. You're supposed to go in order. Right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, then that's just kind of like my, my, my own temperament. Mm-hmm. Um, but it takes, it, it takes like an hour to sharpen these knives, okay? So, um, it's, it, you know, on the one hand, it, it does take a lot of the, the skill out of sharpening the knife. Like, you don't have to be a Japanese knife sharpening master. But you're still not just, you know, walking up to a grinder. And, you know, you know it's not like you're knocking out a sharp knife in five minutes. Mm-hmm. Not that there's anything wrong with doing that. But on a grinder, you're just never going to be able to achieve this level of sharpness. So when I got this kit, I got addicted to sharpening knives. As weird as weird as that may sound, I will assure you that it is true. And I enjoyed every, I enjoyed every minute of it. Um, I, I definitely had some Band-Aids that I was sporting, you know, like <laughs> by the time I was done. Because I'd be watching a movie. You know, I'd have like this knife in here and I'd be watching a movie just like grinding or some sharpening and you get so it's so repetitive that you kind of like stop paying attention to what you're doing cuz you don't really have to focus on it very much that you go and it like the the stone would like roll over on me and I would hit I kept hitting my knuckles on the just pushing it on the blade of the knife but you know at some point it's really sharp <laughs> right and so I had I had all these like cut marks on my knuckles and also I didn't have any hair on my forearm my left forearm because <laughs> you kept testing it like yeah at the very end I would like sh- like oh yes it- look at that it just sh- shaved that arm but so can't bare you can get too sharp okay so yes I'm glad you I'm glad you said that because you have to know the knife you're sharpening before you decide even on this kit because the very sharpest angle that it has is 17 degrees 17 degrees and it even tells you in the instructions is a is a very sharp knife like a fillet knife it's a a fillet or like a razor blade like if you have a razor blade uh that you that you use to shave with straight edge a straight edge like that's that's how sharp we're talking okay wow and so it's it's uh the kind of thing that you would be like a fillet when you're cutting a fish it's a very delicate meat There's not a lot of resistance that it's encountering, okay? But if you're skinning a deer, you know, um, and depending on your skill with the knife, if you're not skilled where you are making sure that the knife is not, you don't want to be like coming in not straight with the knife, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So if you're not slicing at a perfectly straight angle, then you're going to be putting like sideways resistance on the very edge of the knife, Okay, so my wife, we had these, uh, oh, just, just kitchen knives. They were kind of cheap kitchen knives, and I was sharpening them at the 17 degree, and I, and I did, and, I, and then I was finished. It, it was frustrating, because I just spent an hour sharpening this knife, and I just took my thumb and felt the edge of the knife, and it just went, and just broke right off. Because it was too, it was too sharp. That knife was not good enough to hold that kind of edge. Yeah. Okay, so then I had to resharpen it because otherwise it's a totally worthless knife. Because at seventeen degrees, the thing is that the the uh, the blade, like the no, the the actual edge, is very long. I mean that's a a large edge. Mm-hmm. You know, so if you look at a knife, the edge is like really polished and shiny. And typically, when you get a knife, it's it's real thin. Mm-hmm. So when you if you go and sharpen it at seventeen degrees, it will double. Like mm-hmm. that knife you have right there, it would be twice as long. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that just kind of shows you how sharp it is and how brittle that point can be. So like this, Adam, you were telling me earlier, you use this to skin a deer. You do not yeah. want a seventeen-degree.
0: No, I would not want to.
1: edge. It'd
0: be too sharp. It's too sharp. Yeah, it'd be too sharp. I really like this this knife that I have the. F- Especially for cleaning deer because it's it's a single piece of metal. Mm-hmm. I, I'm a big fan of. It's what they call full tang. Yes, full tang. Yes, well done. You know what? Five points for you. Thank you. Uh, it's a and it has a really good finger grip to it, and it's not very long, so I like I know exactly where the the blade basically stops.
1: Is that um? I've never skinned a deer, so is that
0: it's it's good because is that I,
1: an advantage in skinning a deer? You think?
0: Well, I. For me, it is. I, I'm not an expert in it because I've only skinned probably about four deer. Uh-huh. But um, every time, you know, you don't want to cut the wrong spot at the wrong time. You know, there's there's systems say that in, is in place. Universally a general principle. And <laughs> and you, you want to make sure that you're not poking things that you're not supposed to be poking.
1: Also universally true.
0: And you, you want to make sure that you, you're not going through. Especially the with hide. a knife. Yeah. So I, I just really like it because it's. It, it's kind of dummy proof for me because i know about yeah. how, how long it is so don't so, worry about it
1: there's a lot more to be said about sharpening knives i really like this knife sharpening kit once again it's the it's a lansky sharpening kit it comes with oil comes with everything that you need to to get your
0: knives kitchen knives pocket knives ridiculously knives. sharp when we get back we're going to talk about purifying the mind purifying the memory we'll be right back
1: Do you feel like God is calling you to go on a pilgrimage? Well, for the last thirty-four years, Select International Tours has been leading pilgrimages to holy sites all over the world.
0: And you want when you go on pilgrimages, Dave, you want to make sure you have the great, the best hotels. You're touring with the best guides, and every detail has been addressed. And that's exactly what you're getting with Select
1: International Tours. So. For more information, go to their brand new website, selectinternationaltours.com. They have been a sponsor of the Catholic Man Show for a long time now. Even during the COVID pandemic, they were still sponsoring our show. A lot of other tour companies were really shutting down. These guys were consistent. So go to selectinternationaltours.com to find out more information about all the great pilgrimages they offer all over the world.
0: Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. Adam Inhan here sitting with David Niles. We're gonna talk about purifying the mind, purifying the memory. So hang in there with us through this discussion. If you can remember. If you can remember. Dave, one of the things that we talk about on the show all the time is we talk about virtue. We talk See, we talk about making sure to know yourself as a man, know, yeah. know your strengths, know your weaknesses. Yes. Uh, you know, put yourself in situations that you will most likely succeed in. Don't, you know, avoid the temptation of sin. There's times that when I, as I've grown in, you know, t- continued trying to grow in my spiritual life, you know, and I've turned away from the heathen lifestyle that I lived yeah. back in the day. Yeah. Uh, those sins can can creep up. Mm-hmm. And I've noticed that a lot of times how, okay, so an example is, you know, a snooze button is like the worst thing ever invented because it, it, because it, you like it so much because you like it so much and so what happens is is you no longer have to think oh well uh, when my alarm goes off i don't have to get up right because i can hit the snooze button that is what you think that's what you think i yeah. don't have to get up and yeah like the, that's the you know and then you have to start all over again and get up all over again right and so you, you entertain the idea of i don't have to do something that i was supposed to do yeah i was supposed to get up Oh, I don't. I don't have to do that. I can hit the snooze button and go back to sleep. For my first decision of the day, I'm going to, (laughs) I'm going to fail. Go back to bed. Right. So uh, really, starting the day off well. Right. So it's the same thing. Like you know, like if you entertain these ideas of sin, all of a sudden they start creeping up, and then the the entertaining these ideas become temptations, and then you put yourself in bad situations where you could possibly fall again. Yeah.
1: Do you think that? Chronic use of the snooze button is indication of a lack of virtue. Dude,
0: I have had I've had a mental war with myself on this because I used to be a very big snooze button guy. Yeah. I have um,
1: honestly never been a snooze person.
0: Just I'm kind of a morning person, you know. Right. So, yeah, you are a morning person. I'm not a morning person, but I have started training myself to get up at the same like it's, early. It's a good it's good. It, it's a good, it's a good thing to do. Getting
1: up early the is community. Is yeah. good.
0: I mean, Jose Maria Scriba recommend the heroic minute. I yeah. Mean, it was, it, so I mean, it,
1: I can just think of no reason to use the snooze button. It's like a on the one hand, if you say, "Oh well, I like the last fifteen minutes before I get up, I snooze." Don't do that. All you're doing is interrupting your sleep for fifteen. You could right. have just, just stayed in good restful sleep, sleep right. for fifteen minutes. You just when it's time to get up. Just be a man and, and get, get up. up. Right. Stop snoozing. Right. It's not helping you in any way. It's only the only thing snoozing is doing for you is making you a worse person. Right. Just to put it that way. That way. See, if I
0: can put it strong. Right. Well, that very anti Hector Molina of you. <laughs> um, no. Uh, so, but so you have to you have to like, you know, Dave. You said many times on the show, like you just want to get people to stop what you're doing and think about what you're doing. Think, think about this. Think for about a what second. you're doing. And so. If you stop and think about why am I entertaining these ideas of past sins and glorifying these past sins okay, or like yeah. reveling in these past sins, it's because you're perceiving it that something that is not good to be good for yourself. You're perceiving yeah. this disorder or this appetite of desire that you may have that is not good for you, uh, that is, uh, and you're perceiving it to be good for you. Right. Right? And so... Yeah. So I'm glad you said this because
1: uh, after college... You know, Adam and I, you know, Adam, you and I both had a conversion, Mm -hmm. um, and we were, like, it was something we kind of ended up doing together, and, you know, our friendship was a big role in that, but I went through this phase where I was converted, no longer wanting to do the things of my past, Mm -hmm. but still found myself bragging about them. You know, in at certain company, I would be like, oh, pfft. I well I used to be big you know back big, in the day uh, let me t- let me tell you about the sins I used to you know and right. I would literally kind of revel in them mm-hmm. like like what you're saying and at some point I realized I'm bragging about the sins I used to commit that is that's not the right way to treat sin no it's actually you know, scandal at, at my judgment I will be like d- just demolished Mm-hmm. at just the thoughts of the the sins i've committed and once again here sitting here bragging about them i mean it's like spitting in christ's face mm-hmm. when you glorify the sins
0: mm-hmm.
1: oh, it's like almost like you're committing them all over again because at some point you're enjoying
0: the fact that you have committed them
1: mm-hmm. you know what i mean yeah
0: no, I do. And I and I and what what can be a temptation sometimes is even though so we're talking about, you know, a lot of times with habits. You know, if you you can do a virtuous act, but that doesn't mean you have the habit of doing uh, you know, of being virtuous. Similarly, you can have the habit of a vice. Yeah. Uh, and if, Well, a vice is a habit. A vice is a habit. Yeah. Right? The habit of a vice. And so even if you try to be virtuous, uh yeah. you may I don't think you need to say habit of a vice. It's just a vice. yeah Okay. Yes, yeah, it's redundant. You're right. Yeah. Um but if you've been in a habit of doing of doing something that is that is contrary to natural law or, or you know that is a, some sort of sin, it's easy to fall back into. Yeah. And any time that you entertain the idea of a sin, then all of a sudden that opens the door for the devil, right? That sure. opens that's the playground for the devil. I mean that you know, Eve should have never even entertained the idea that the serpent was talking to her. Right. Right. Um. Adam should have never allowed that to happen. Yeah. So just entertaining that idea opened you yourself
1: just up to killed that snake.
0: Yeah. To you should have just
1: stepped on it. To uh, uh to, to the, sin. the old the, the old ways. ways right. The, I mean because you know them. You know right. they're easy to do. So you know they say it's like riding a bike. For certain things, you know, mm-hmm. like oh, you used to do this so much.
0: It's just like riding a bike. Sin can be that same way, right? And I can't tell you how many times I've had to go back into confession right. and and say like, listen, Father, this is these these are the sins that I've committed, and I know that I've I've said this to you, you know, the last eight time, the last eight months. This is the exact same thing that I've said, right? Um, but it's it's only because I started entertaining this idea and. Uh, it was a snowball effect, and one thing led to another thing, and then all of a sudden I'm, I'm in a situation where right. my, my anger, I'm rage, or, you know, there's sins of lust, or you know whatever it is. It's
1: so hard not to tell the priest, like,
0: let me tell you how this happened. Right, I know, it's
1: just, I, it is, it is. Like, I don't, I just can't, you need to know that I, I didn't. I want you to
0: know. <laughs> I didn't mean to do it. I just, I ended up doing it, but I didn't, I didn't mean to in I'm, the beginning. I'm St Paul like I I don't want to do the sins that right. I, I <laughs> it was a slow it was a gradual thing and right. So the memory is, is an important part of uh, when you're developing virtue when you're developing uh, the, the virtuous life to make sure that you have it under control. You know memory is you know sometimes it's called like the imagination uh, is a very central part or like uh, the faculty of the uh, of of the soul. Okay. Um uh, and so the memory and imagination
1: are I can see how the two are very linked. Very, very linked. But are you saying that people would refer
0: to them kind of as the same thing? Uh, at times, yeah. Some philosophers have. It Interesting. Depends, it depends on, on what we're talking about. There's different types of memory that, we, you know, we can, I, I don't, we're not going to go into that today, but okay. uh, the thoughts that take place in the memory can either like weigh us down to death, you know, of like, I can't believe I did these sins. I can't believe, right. you know, I'm so unworthy. Or it can it can propel us to, to, to become a saint, right? You know, it can be the, the St. Augustine's of, you know, yes, I did uh, I did have a sinful life, but I have given that over to Christ, and I'm now a new man. He makes all things new. So uh, you can there's a temptation in memory of just reveling in uh, all all the sins of your past and becoming yeah. you know uh, burdened down with all these sins. <clears throat> but that's the part of you know the importance of of going to confession. One of the things uh, that uh, one of the uh, readings that I was talking that I was reading on. Uh, is a Dominican friar. I can't remember who it was, but he said the journey of the spirit is vast expanses of the memory leads to self-discovery and furthermore to the encounter with God. Mem- right, wait, say that again. The journey of the spirit in the vast expanses of memory leads to self-discovery and furthermore to the encounter with God. Because the more you know, the more you can you, you can have encounters right. with God. Okay. You know, the more you know about yourself, the more you you can have encounters with okay, God. Okay,
1: so like, the, the, and here we're we're saying knowledge and memory are the same. Because, which is true, like, you do not know anything that you have not memorized. Right.
0: So, memory masters uh, time to some degree since it's able to connect to the present and was experienced in the past with what will happen in the future. Mm hmm So, it it gives you other sub-virtues that you can possibly have, like foresight, the the virtue of foresight. It has a big part in prudence, playing in prudence. Uh, But, so... The importance of, of, like, being weighed down in, with your memory, you know, you're weighing down all these things that, that are maybe heavy on your soul that you've committed in the past or that you're struggling with now. Uh, what Many of the saints have said that uh, the forgiveness of sins is, is God, by God is precisely the highest and most intimate form of purification of the memory. Okay. So to purify your memory is uh, the forgiveness of sins by God.
1: And because now you have that knowledge that those sins have been been forgiven, forgiven. Right.
0: right? And and, and it's, uh, they said because of the divine forgiveness, it e- uh, really erases and destroys the sin, so the weight does not burden the conscience anymore. What are are, are you pulling most of this from? Like one or two sources? Like no, I, I'm, I'm pull- curious. I'm, I'm pulling from like Saint John of the Cross, Gary Lagrange, uh, Saint Thomas Aquinas, Aristotle. Those are the main those okay. are the main ones okay, and then this, the, the reason I ask I, yeah. is
1: because that your who your sources are and more importantly when they come from is going to play a key role in one of my questions for you later.
0: okay, cool. so one of the things that they to, to help avoid these ideas where you're like you know just tempted to think about sins that you've committed in the past is uh-huh. just confession that's easy to go to easy. go to, go mean, to, go to confession. It's, it's at least it's readily available right. And so, well, hopefully, hopefully in your diocese it yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, hopefully. Uh, but, but that's you know, it, it, there, there's one thing that happened to me uh, this last week. We're about to hit a break. So check out our YouTube because we'll be. I'll, I'll continue this conference, uh, this story in between segments. Talk but, one and a half speed right now. Right, uh-huh. I'm not a Ben Shapiro. <laughs> um, so I was meeting a guy who, who is in my office complex, and he was a he was a Catholic. Uh-huh. Uh, he is a Catholic, but he hasn't been practicing for like three years. Okay, and. Almost every time when this happens it o- always comes back down to sex. Right? It always comes back to sexual ethics. Uh, they don't yeah. want they they're trying to justify what they're doing very or whatever. Common. Very yeah. very very common. And but he said like I just had this head this guilt. You know, I haven't been to mass in 3 years. I haven't been to confession. I was like, "Man, go to confession. Go this weekend. Just go. Just go this weekend. We can stop what we're doing right and, now and go. And we can and both do go. this." Yes. And uh, he he was very open to it. Uh, and I, so I'm I'm hopefully going to get Get him to go next week at St. Mary's. Go with him. Yes, uh, during lunch. So Nice. Anyway, uh, we'll be right back t- talking about purifying the mind and the memory. We'll be right back.
1: Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles here with Adam Minahan, Juan Posada, and Jim Spencer. Drinking a little bit of John Walker and Sons celebratory blend. Which is just delicious. We're all we all had to have a refill because it is so good. This yes. is a good a good bottle of whiskey. You got seventy five dollars burning a hole in your pocket. You go get you some of this. Yep. Um, we're talking about purifying the memory. Right. Okay. And so I have a question for you. If it's okay, are you are you available for questions at this point in the sure. conversation? Yeah. Um, so uh, the reason I asked about all of the people that you were drawing this from is because. I feel like in this realm, the game changed with pornography. When we're talking about purifying the memory, you mm-hmm. know, it's it's well documented that men especially have the ability to recall images, images. from, especially pornographic images. Well, imagination, sec- images. But, but, the, like. but, but sexual images, sexualized images, have a particular potency in the male memory. Mm-hmm. Is there anything in here about cuz I know uh you know that there are a lot of men who like you know this is part of their past sure. but those images still haunt them and you yeah. know occur they it's like you're not trying to bring them up but they just present themselves to you sometimes and uh, and and the demonic forces can use mm-hmm. your own memories against you sure um is there anything in here that they talked about so th- they were living in a world pre like the idea of pornography just wasn't a possibility. What are you going to like etch it in stone or something? Uh, it just it wasn't
0: not wildly available like it is today.
1: R- right, exactly. That's my question in a, in whatever form what, that no, is taken. I, I'm curious, not what a your question. question. Is. What about it? That's Adam, what about it?
0: Yeah, so I I think I, so that that's a, a huge problem today. So I think that there's one thing you, you obviously like we said earlier, you go to confession. Get to confession if you've, you know, uh, broken something about the sixth and ninth commandment. Uh, but then also, uh, you pray specifically to Our Lady of, of Inviolet. She's never, you know, she's been a, a conqueror of the sin of of, of lust. and uh, that, Our Lady Inviolet. Mm-hmm. Nice. She's never been uh, violated yep. in, any, in mm-hmm. any way. But uh, St. John of the Cross talks about, uh, he he actually does talk about in uh, Ascent to Mount Carmel, I believe is, is the book.
1: About the uh, memory, or the, the ideas, like the perverted, uh, it's the uh, Dark Night of the Soul. Dark,
0: dark, dark Night of the Soul, yeah, so yeah. He, he talks about it, he says... He might, I haven't
1: read Ascent to Mount Carmel, so he might talk about it in there also. Okay. But <laughs> I know he does in Dark Night of the Soul.
0: I can't remember which one it is, but... Uh, I've read Dark Night of the Soul, and he talks about it in there. Okay, so he, he says, uh, he tells us that harmful memories are gradually purified and healed by the theological virtue of hope. Which we all have. If you're a baptized, mm-hmm. your your soul is infused with it, uh, the the virtue of baptism. Yeah. Uh, and so, but he said also replaying and reliving the painful memories is an obstacle to hope and happiness. So dwelling in these these things are are, are something that is not good, not healthy. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's it it goes back to like as soon as you know that this that you're thinking about this, the the, the thought has been implanted into your brain, you, you disregard it. Yeah, you know, as soon as that alarm clock goes off, you, you immediately get up,
1: and that that can be so hard to do because, like, because it's, if it's a sin of your past, yeah, that is so real. For it's it's very real. No doubt, it's hard to disregard something that you know intimately. So you
0: know? He, he he gives the a suggestion to take it to adoration, to take it to the foot of Jesus yeah. in front of him, face to face. Seems like always good advice. And say, you know, Lord, you know me better than I do. I struggle with this and I want to get rid of it, you've died for my sins, take it. Yeah. And and I I mean, we've said this before on, on the show, but adoration is a game changer. If you're not taking an, ador, an hour yeah. of adoration a week, you need to. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but, so, but it goes back to also the theological virtue of hope. So he's talking about this, uh, St. John of the Cross is saying that the theological virtue of hope is so important to conquering and purifying your memory because you, your hope needs to be in Jesus Christ, not in what you've done before in your past, You know, he has died for your sins. He's open to your mercy, uh, to his mercy. Yeah. Um. And so you just need to cooperate with his grace. And if if you're thinking to
1: yourself that, well, I'm just a huge sinner. One thing that Christ told uh, uh, Saint Faustina is that the greater the sinner, the greater the right he has to my mercy. He actually used the words that sinners have the right to his mercy. You know, it's almost almost like. uh, uh, like, uh, oh, uh, when you just are born, when you have the right, inalienable rights, uh, yeah, but anyway, anyway, so you just have that. That's like if it that might haunt you a little bit, but
0: the His mercy is so real. Uh, oh, absolutely, and I think the more you increase your prayer life, the more, uh, opportunities you have obviously for his mercy but the uh, the more you can grow in the theological virtue of hope yeah uh, benedict the 16th but emeritus benedict the 16th he writes about this in his book uh, theological virtue of hope oh uh, well i think it's called the virtue of hope but uh whatever that book is on 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 hope that he the he thing wrote, about
1: the thing about he wrote pope benedict he's he's not like super creative on the titles sometimes his titles are like as equally as as the Catholic man, logical, show. logical like as the Catholic man As show. his books are, yeah, they just make sense. All right, but so, so let me just like oh, on hold on, this. hold on. Let me let me get this. Yeah, because yeah, okay, yeah,
0: Benedict the Sixteenth, he talks about the importance of theological hope and the the correlation or the link in in your prayer life. And he says he says prayer is is an exercise of desire and an exercise an expansion of hope. And this hope is necessary for a redemption and salvation. So he says, place your hope in him who is pure, whole, and holy, and redirect your desires and passions to him. For everyone who thus hopes in him purifies himself as he is pure. That comes from 1 John. And it says, this hope is itself what purifies. Mm.
1: That's so beautiful. Thinking about hope as like a purifying force in your life.
0: Right. That that, that That's what gets...
1: It totally... I've never thought about that, but it... it That makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. It totally is a purifying thing,
0: right? And and it's very interesting because you know nothing impure enters heaven. You know, even though you have inordinate desires that you have to, you know, get rid of at some point, or Christ has to get rid of for you if you cooperate with His grace. Yeah. Uh, you know, you have to, you have to burn those away. If you, I mean, that's the theologians are bashing me right now for using that word, probably, but um. But in and order for like to pure, probably like so acceptance. much, so, other so, much stuff. Yeah. Like <laughs> so much other stuff so much other. You stuff. you have to be able to purify. You have to be able to purify these things. And and, and when you get into heaven, you no longer have the virtue of hope because yeah. you're there.
1: Yeah, there is no hope in heaven. There's no, there's no hope in heaven. What are you hoping for? You've got it already. You have it all. You only hope for things that you do not have at the moment. Right. Yeah.
0: And so, uh you know, this this,
1: this and that they're they have a a reasonable uh like possibility to attain.
0: But the but the you, more, don't, you
1: don't hope for things that are impossible. For instance,
0: y- yes, I think so. Yeah, but the more you, the more you have a relationship with, with Christ, the more you have a relationship with your Creator, and you you are able to open yourself up to these theological virtues that the uh, faith, hope, and love that you've been infused, your soul has been infused by the virtue of baptism. Yeah, the more you 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 will have a purified uh, intellect, a purified mind, a purified memory. To where you say, like, listen, I, I know I've done, I, I have built all this, all these things in sand, and they've been washed away. I don't have to worry about those anymore. I'm only yeah. looking towards the future. Yeah, because every every person is one confession away from becoming a saint. Mm-hmm, Sure. So, uh, you can't dwell in all the all the things that you've committed in the past. And I know, that, like, I just personally, the reason why I picked this topic is because I have done this. Uh, upteen times you know of worried about things that I've, I've i've done in the past sins that i've committed i've entertained those th- sins which have led me to other sins you know that i've had you know that i was like oh i thought this was i thought this sin wasn't a, an issue for me anymore why is this being brought back up and i start replaying and understanding like well what was i doing what, what why did this happen what what was the day time of day what how was i feeling you know why did i entertain these ideas And I started realizing and knowing myself more of, oh, well, I was, at this time, I was hungry or tired or sleepy or, you know, I wasn't around the guys that I needed to be around or I wasn't, you know, being the best husband that I should be around my wife or, you know, whatever it was. Yeah. And I started entertaining these ideas that I shouldn't entertain at all. I should immediately eradicate that from my mind. You know, there's sins that are, there's things that pop into your head all the time that are not healthy, right? right? You know, that are, you're like, wow, where did that come from? How did, I, how did I humanly think about that? You know, that, yeah, yeah. that sounds like something a crazy person would... Well, St.
1: John of the Cross talks about that, that as he grew in holiness, that, uh, in fact, Jim and I were talking about this at Mass today, that uh, he was allowed to be afflicted by the worst, like, the most perverted and just disgusting thoughts that would occur to him. But I want to just share some stuff that um, Christopher West talks about. So in his talk from the 90s, okay, mm-hmm. he gave this, like... 20 CD, back when they would put stuff on CDs. It's like a tw- like Cassette a, a, a 10, oh, it was 20 cassettes, 10 CD set. I think I actually still have CDs about it well, on the theology of the body. And one of the things he talks about is this pornography, these, ideas, you know, that when these images come up, he he says, and I, I, I used to do this, and it, I found that it helped. When you just take that image, don't, like, he would say, don't run from it. But I mean, this is assuming you have some understanding of the theology of the body, that the body is good and beautiful and, you know, expresses uh, the love of, like, God. And he said, like, Lord, untwist the lie and show me the truth. Because in every pornographic image is, a, is truth and a lie. Okay? It's, and like what St. John Paul II says, it's not that pornography shows too much of the body, but that it shows too little mm-hmm. too, or, of the person. It shows too little of the person. It shows only, the, you know, and so untwist the lie and show me the truth. You know, and just taking that image up and n- not running from it, but offering it up mm-hmm. to our Lord and to like, Lord, this is what's coming to me. Please sanctify this. Pray for the pray for the the people, yep. you know, I- I- in that moment. And that I have found to be the most, with specifically those kinds yes, of images, so cool. very helpful and healing.
0: So I think that if you're wanting to uh, make sure that you, you know, Purify your memory, go to confession, take take up an adoration hour, ask Our Lady to purify your memory, and make sure that uh, you're living a prayerful life. Increase your prayer life, so that way you can increase the infused virtues of, of hope. Definitely. We're on the Lord's team. The winning side. So raise your glass.
1: And cheers to Jesus.
0: I didn't even get into, like, what Gary Goo Lagrange talks about, but I knew I, I had too much I knew that there was going to be too much in the episode to actually get through. But that's okay. What did Gary say? Uh so he was talking about uh, forgetfulness of God prevents us from seeing that the present moment is also a vertical line which attaches it to the single instance of immobility of the immobile eternity. So he talks about like the, you know there's a vertical line of eternity and then there's a horizontal line of, uh, you know, what we're living in right now. You know, we, we live in a very linear mind frame, right? You know, yeah. like one thing to the next thing to the next thing to the next thing. Unless you get into like the Enlightenment era and the Enlightenment <laughs> philosophers and then they they start going off the rail. What a, what a waste of thought
1: the Enlightenment was. Like, wow. You had the ability to think about stuff, and that's the stuff that you came you deci- up with. You decided like, to think that, about. Thank you. <laughs> Someone give this guy a participation participation <laughs> trophy and send him home. Right.
0: So, he, but he was talking about like the forgetfulness of God. He, oh man, this is what I was wanting to talk about in the episode. Was you know the whole idea of Saint Paul talking about how we're always praying. We're always supposed to be praying. Pray, you know, prayer without ceasing. And how do you do that? But it's always like just being mindful and pre- like understanding the presence of God. Well, how do you do that if you're thinking about things or dwelling in memories that are, are not healthy or not uh, holy yeah. thoughts? You can't do that. Yeah. So he, he talks about, you know, for the forgetfulness of God being present uh, in all of eternity takes us away from the axis of the vertical and brings us back to the horizontal which is never going which is never the the line that you want to take as a Christian path cuz you know this is just the ship that we're being sailed to to our destination. Yeah. And you know you can
1: actually pray for holy forgetfulness.
0: Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. I mean that, and that's what our lady uh, uh, I mean, uh, and Violet preach about.
1: Priests priests do, you know, before and after confession or, or you know with surrounding confession that many priests do that they would just forget everything. And I know I know some priests who say that that absolutely works. That when they leave the confessional, confessional, they literally just cannot remember anything that was said. And I think part of that is that they've trained themselves. You know, to you mm-hmm. know, part part of that is also uh, a, probably a natural ability. But you know, grace builds on nature, and you've like they have tried to make themselves naturally available to receive the grace. You know, to to do that, but we can we can do that too with our own selves, because, you know, at some point, if a sin is so far in your past, I mean, like, it's not, like, it doesn't offer you anything. You could say, oh, well, your sins, you've learned something. Now you can help avoid them in the future. And, you know, that's, that's true. Absolutely. But at some point as you grow and grow and grow, a sin becomes so far removed from your present condition. It just offers you nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't need. to You already know. You already have the habits, the virtues um, that would have been learned, and so it's like you just need. It's best just to forget about it because right
0: and well, and that's what that's what they're talking about. Yeah, you know, right. You know, that's kind of like I was at least trying to say is like as soon as as soon as that thought pops into your mind, you just like nope, we're, we're eradicating. We're, I'm not I'm not remembering that anymore. Uh, I've confessed that sin. It's not something that I have that I think about anymore. Right. Right. I'm not dwelling in that.
1: Yeah. I mean. It, it's difficult because when you think about a, a sin of your past, there's there's like two there's like several things that happen. One of them is like the enticement. You remember the enticement towards the sin. You the know,
0: pleasure. The, exactly.
1: You remember why you liked it, mm-hmm. why you did it, mm-hmm. what drew you to what drew you towards it. Mostly
0: because of the concupiscible appetites. Right.
1: Exactly. The the uh, appetite element. Mm-hmm. Then there's the other thing where you can sit down and think like, oh, yeah, well, what was it that... Why did I fall to that... You know, like more analytically assess the situation. That's very helpful. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, yeah, you know what? I didn't get any sleep the night before. I was really tired and uh, I... Let my guard down. And because of that, I skipped breakfast because I was trying to sleep in. So I was hungry and tired, you know, and like, you know, if you can... And stressed from work. Right. So if you can put those pieces together... Mm -hmm. We should do it. We should. We could do a whole episode on going to bed on time. Like, honestly, there is a lot. <laughs> it's like, if you don't go to bed on time, your whole day, your whole life starts to fall apart. Uh, the monks knew... The monks. Same,
0: same with getting up.
1: Well, the monks know this. Like, you have to get up at a certain time. It's not like you can just not get up. Like, if you've got to go to work, you've got to go to work. It's not like you have the choice to like, well, I got to get my eight
0: hours. There's, there's a lot of people that do that these days.
1: Well, these days, these days, but that's still I still hope that those days are going away. Anyway, the, the, at some point you have to get up. Right. Okay. Sure. And so you have to like make sure you go to bed on time and if you don't it it, it just gets bad, it gets bad. Everything falls apart. Your your prayer life falls apart.
0: Yeah. Dang it! But the, the whole purpose of like what I was hoping to bring home at the very end, and I just forgot, was like the idea of keeping God present in your mind at all times. You know, to pray without ceasing, as Saint Paul talks about. You know, to mm. to continue uh, filling your mind with holy, venerable things that that uh, that you can offer up to God in, in prayer. Uh, and you can't do that if you're thinking about worldly things right um, you know th- that's why like that's when you you know you're at a different level of saint- sanctity whenever you're able to wash the dishes for the love of Jesus Christ yeah. you know y- you're able to wash the dishes because I'm offering this moment up for him I'm thinking about him I'm not washing the dishes and thinking about how the the guy at work badmouthed me or how my wife should be helping me or how you know the kids were driving me crazy today I'm washing the dishes for the love of Jesus. Right you know, and that is a level of sanctity that we all are called to that we're all striving to get to if if we're not there yet um and that you can't do that if you are- dw- if you don't have custody of the mind,
1: sure, and I well, failed there. to say that Well, we wrapped in the it up with it right there now, yeah, So there you go, but all right, Juan,
0: I think we're good.